0: You're listening to the best in the world sports report. We're talking sixes because the season is over. Now it is time to start that next step of the process. So given that we must recap what went on this season and look forward to what's going on next. And to do that, I had to bring in my man, 50 Grant, from the Philadelphia Inquirer. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome Keith Pompey to the show. Keith, what's going on, brother? Hey, what's
1: going on, man? Thanks for having me on your show. Man, I appreciate it. I
0: appreciate you coming on because we got got a lot to talk about with this team today. All right, they wrapped things up. Uh, A lot of players gave their exit interviews with the press. Um, You were there. I just want to. What I want to know is what was the overall vibe coming from this team? Was it, I mean, did they feel like, I mean, I guess this is something that you and I have talked about personally a couple of times in the past where I felt like this team, there was an excitement about this team that I had previous, I've, I've never seen before with the team that was almost 20 games under 500. But, you know, we're, we're sitting here with a 28 win team and most people you know, there's a positivity about this team. Did you feel that today?
1: Oh, yeah, no no, no doubt. I mean, the thing is, yeah, they're, they're like almost, like you said, 20 games under 500. But at the same time, they won 28 games this year, which, you know, ties their totals, their combined totals, you know, of the previous two seasons. And then when you factor in that Ben Simmons didn't play, and that Joel Embiid only played 31 games. Uh, Jared Bayless only played three games. You know, the guys, they're looking around and they're saying like, hey, you know, we got we have something special. And they also know that they're going to get a top draft pick. So, yeah, you know, there's a lot of excitement, you know, come there was a lot of excitement coming out of that practice facility today because of that. I mean, they think that next year they're going to take a nice leap forward.
0: So, given that, and given that optimism, you've co- you've covered this team for a little bit. As I mean, do you how would you compare the optimism that you saw today compared to exit interviews of over the past couple of years?
1: You know, it's, it's, it's weird because you know last year, you know, everyone thought that it was you know it was kind of a little similar, or it was more like I, I know they only won ten games, but. You know, they knew that they, you know, had a shot at the first overall pick. Um, they also knew that, you know, Joel Embiid was going to, you know, come back and play. So it was a lot of excitement, you know, not quite like this season, but there was a lot. Now, I must say in the, the, the previous two seasons before that, it was more like Dudes was leaving exit interviews talking about, man, I hope I can come back next year. You know what I mean? Because there was like that type mm-hmm. of uncertainty. But now it's different because, you know, they have like a, a, a core group of, you know, eight to nine guys who they really want to bring back next season.
0: So given that, you know, you, you see that there's a core. You see that there's a group of players that they want to, that they want to bring back. And, you at the top of that list, there's a glaring name that a lot of people in this city don't feel like belongs on that list, and that's one Jalil Okafor. Was he there today, and what um, what does he expect? Does, um, he's got to see the writing on the wall, right?
1: I mean, yeah, he does. He, he, he has to. You know, I mean, the thing about Okafor is the one thing I will say, is you know, he's been a pro about all of this. Now, you know, I think it's a little unfortunate with his knee, you know, the fact that he hasn't been able to do the things that he really wanted to do this season because of his knee. But um, you know, you're right. He sees the writing on the wall. He now he's not gonna come out publicly and say that because, you know, he he really respects Brett Brown. He really respects Brian Colangelo. But um Yeah, I mean, he has to know it. I mean, he has to know that, you know, he's possibly a dead man walking. The only reason, like, I think that, you know, he's not going to go anywhere if he doesn't is because, you know, if the trade value isn't as high as it could be. However, I, I, I do think that maybe in the past the reason why he's still here is because I think the Sixers were thinking that they could possibly get more for him and they were turning down deals, but this summer I'll be interested. It'll be interesting to see if they still take that stance, or if they just decide to say, "Hey, you know what? I just we just have to move them, and we'll deal with it afterwards."
0: So you, you brought up trade value, and that that kind of leads us to a kind of a very interesting
1: aspect of all of
0: this. Now they traded Nerlens Noel earlier this season and a lot of people mm-hmm. felt like they just did people just thought it was a, a bad trade. A lot of people thought it was a bad trade. Now Justin Anderson, he's played he's played adequate ball since he's been here. But do you feel like that trait and what you got back and given the type of player Anderson has been so far in his Sixers tenure, do you feel like that kind of that would I guess influence the Sixers' more to be willing to, to trade Okafor for, for, and get less than maybe desired or expected?
1: Um, It's, it's a little tough one there, right right then and there because, you know, James Anderson was kind of like a guy that, that Dallas really didn't want to get rid of. You know, he was kind of like in a bad situation over there where, you know, he had a couple, you know, who was it? They, they went out there and, and got – traded for or they acquired Harrison Barnes free agency. So basically that took James to spot Harrison Barnes is making a boo-boo a bunch of money. James isn't. James, excuse me, Justin, mm-hmm. I keep calling him James. Don't ask me why Justin, mm-hmm. he has to like, you know, improve his shooting. But, you know, when you look at it, you'll say, I can't believe the Sixers got rid of a rim protector. And then M B gets hurt again. They can't get you know, Jalil Oka for struggles on a defensive end. And we got rid of Nerlens Noel. That's where I'm hearing from fans. But the one thing is you gotta understand the Sixers weren't trying to pay Nerlens, right? Mm-hmm. Um, no one around the league was gonna give up much for Nerlens, just because they knew that it was like he's going to become a restricted free agent. So getting him is a gamble. So when you factor all that in, it's kind of sort of like, you know, you can't get much for him. You know, they basically had to do Dallas a favor. And what I mean by that is they dumped the salary, right? Mm -hmm. Dallas only gave the Sixers two second round picks and they got James Anderson because um, Bogut, they the Sixers never intended to keep them. They knew that mm-hmm. that was a salary dump. So when you factor all that in, you know the Sixers' hands were tied, and just like I believe their hands may be tied this summer in regards to moving Okafor.
0: So, so, so given that, so I, I guess it's at this point, is you think it's pretty much a foregone conclusion that the Sixers will trade Okafor this summer, and it probably will be for what's considered less than than maybe – uh, less than his value, I guess.
1: You know, I don't know if it's a foregone conclusion mm-hmm. this summer. The reason being is because, see, the thing is, he's still on his rookie deal. Mm-hmm. So let's just say if – you know, they could probably hold out a little bit and somebody, you know, somebody will get him. You know, like you don't want to just let him go. You don't want to let him walk. But at the same time, you know, he could be someone that you can throw in in another deal. He can be someone if they decide to say, hey, you know what, we just need to cut our losses, but we want to bring something, get something in return. You know, they could move them. They could have moved them yesterday. I mean, you know, past the trade deadline, but they, you know, that's a figure of speech. But they could have moved them in February, you know. But I think that they just wanted, you know, they, they they wanted what you're going to get for a guy taking third overall. So I think that there's a very, very, very good chance that he's moved, Um, you know, um over the summer. But I wouldn't be surprised if, like, you know, they kept him a little longer. But, you know, I believe that something could happen this summer.
0: I can see what the trade value is for a player, player like that. At this point, do you... Do you think it would be wise for the Sixers to, at this point, just say, "Hey, you know what? Let's keep them and try and develop them." I mean, you you know that you have a player like you have Ben Simmons coming in, and it seems like this team is dedicated to bringing him in and starting him at the point guard. So I would have to think that if Embiid is our starting, if Embiid's the starting center. Simmons is a starting point guard. Then you also have Bayless in the mix, hopefully. And that will move a player like TJ McConnell to the second team, playing more with Jahlil Okafor. And I feel like that's the type of point guard a player like that needs. You know, Jahlil Okafor needs a, po- a point guard that will facilitate for him. And too often, I, I, I guess I felt like when I was watching him this season, I saw too much of Okafor being paired with guys like Nick Stauskas. Guys who aren't facilitators. So, do you, I mean, I guess what what I pose to you is is there any chance that the Sixers might just say, hey, you know what? Let's just, hey, we got him. We can't get what we want for him. Let's take one last stab at trying to develop him. Because he's still just 21 years old going into his third season in the league.
1: I don't, I mean, I don't see it because i that he, I, I, I don't see it, and I don't see him wanting to be here. Um, you know, the thing is, if, if you know, I hate to say it, like a lot of times, you know, let's say if he gets healthy, if he if he gets healthy and he sticks around, that's because they may think that Embiid, Joel, Embiid is, is, isn't going to be healthy. You know, other other than that, like if you if you want to play Embiid. And if he's going to be the focal point, and what I mean by playing him, like playing like 35 minutes a game, whatever, right? There's no room for Lil Okafer. You know, he's like, he's not the type of player who's going to be content with playing 8 to 12 minutes a game. Mm. You know, thirteen minutes a game. You know, that's more like in the line of like a Rishon Holmes who can come in and be an energy guy you know, do certain things. Also if you look at the Sixer system, you know, and Okafer really doesn't fit it. Mm. You know what they do is they want like like mobile stretch fives, like like M B can shoot a three. Um showing Holmes can shoot a three. You know, uh uh even even Sean Long can shoot a three. You know, Joel is more of like a back to the basket, slow it down. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Let me feed the post and do the post move. Now, he's a good player. I just don't think that this is the right fit for him. And even if I was him or his agent, I would want to hurry up and get out of here because in the long run, the longer he stays here, it's going to affect his money. Mm -hmm. You know, he needs to get paid.
0: I understand that. I understand that money, money walks. I mean, money, well, money walks. Money talks. You no, know, it speaks. But look, it, it hurts me because I feel like I don't want to give up on him because I've I've been on this podcast for about going on three years, and I've been the number one champion to get Jalil Okafor in this city and playing for this team, and I am not ready to admit that I was dead wrong and I messed up and I made a bad call I'm not ready to make that to make that admission yet although the writing is on the wall and I'm pretty close to it but I still believe you know I, I still believe but I but also in like the fan part of me believes that he that they can make it work but I, you know, the wool ain't too far over my eyes where I can't see exactly where this is going. And I know it doesn't work. You know, and, and I, 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 everything that you said is absolutely right. You know, and it and is not hard to even see, and it'd be impossible at this point to even dispute. But it is what it is. And you know Okafor is not the center for this team for the future. The guy who is is Joel Embiid. Now, was he there today?
1: Nah, he wasn't. He was in California. He's still in California.
0: Still, 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 still uh, rest, uh, resting that knee. Uh, but, but he has he he has said some things recently. Now he came out and said that his knee, uh, the torn meniscus in his knee was not as bad as originally thought. And you know, this has kind of been this has been kind of crazy. With him and his this injury and his status with the team, because it seemed like they were all expecting him to come back after the All Star break. Then the All Star break comes, and he needs another week, and then he's out for the season. Mm-hmm. And do you think it? You know, being somebody who, who's been around him and spoke to him plenty of times this season, do you think he's a little frustrated with the Sixers' medical sc- staff?
1: Um, I don't know if I want to. I mean, who? I mean, I don't know if I want to come out and say that mm-hmm. that he's frustrated just because I really didn't talk to him. Okay. About that, but you know, it is. You know, like some of these injuries. Like now, I, I think when he when he initially hurt his knee, I don't think that was the medical stab. I think it was his his not being able to land. You know what I mean? Like, he buckled his knee, and it went back. Mm-hmm. And then he played again, and I think he messed it up. Um, you know, and then he, you know, everybody says, like, his knee is bothering him a little bit. He plays, and he practices, and then it's sore, and then he goes back. Now, that's the one thing that certain people question it. But I don't think that, you know, you know, I, I don't think that you, he'll probably say, you guys are called. You know, I just think that maybe he was the last time he was working too hard or doing something. Another thing is, I know there's a lot of people upset about what took so long, what took so long for the surgery. Well, he was out there getting second Mm opinions. You know, he just wanted to make sure everything was okay. But, you know, it's kind of hard when you look and you see that a lot of his, you know, his injuries was because of twisting ankles, buckling knees, the whole nine I don't think you can fault the medical staff for that.
0: So, this medical staff has got, I mean, it, it's gotten its fair share of criticism, especially given all the injuries that this team has had. You know, you got Embiid's injury, then you got Okafor's injury. You got Covington, uh, who uh, who was out for the last couple of games. Bayless was, didn't play this season then yeah, uh Simmons' injury. Do you feel like this, I guess, do you feel like this medical staff has gotten a bad rap? Because a lot of people are seeing all these injuries and you're seeing a lot of players with some of the same injuries.
1: Um, I, I think, like, some of the injuries, you know, people are going to blame them for. I think some of the ones they couldn't control, like the Ben Simmons injury, you know, you really can't control that, you know, like, I don't think the medical staff had anything to do with him breaking his foot. Um, I also think that, you know, you know, before he had the C T the CAT scan, like no one knew that the foot wasn't rehealed, you know, mm-hmm. the second time he had it. You know. Um, you know, I think that um, you know, Dallas Okafor, you know, last I checked you know, he had another doctor operating on him Mm -hmm. when he had, and like, and I think his doctor was there, but, um, you know, maybe he operated on, I, I think that's like really bad luck. Something's wrong with his knee. They have to figure it out. Um, you know, Jared Bayless, he had a bad wrist. It was one of those things where he hurt his wrist, like the first or second day of training camp and he wanted to come back. I honestly do believe that Thiago Slitter, uh well, well Thiago Splitter showed up injured. Mm.
0: That's
1: fun. I honestly believe that, uh, uh, what's his name, Sergio Rodriguez, it was one of those things where with his injury, it was like he could play, but he needed some rest. Yeah. You know, I mean, so it just goes on and on. And, you know, some of them you can argue like, hey, you know, maybe you guys could have. Uh, you know, uh, you know, you guys could have prevented it from getting worse or this and that. But I, I just named like seven of them that really the Sixers had didn't have any control over.
0: So basically, I mean, I guess that just leaves This is just a team that just had some really, really bad luck when it comes to when it comes to injuries.
1: Now, yeah, they had bad mm-hmm. luck. Yeah, a lot of bad luck. But I guess
0: the fan, but fans are still rather optimistic, just like just like the team is about the future. Now, just given what, given what was said today, like, do you think, feel like the vibe of this team feels is like? Do they feel like they're they can be better because they'll be healthier next year? Do they feel like the health was really uh, the, the biggest hindrance to them this season?
1: Yeah, but also I think that it's one of those things where they're, um, you know, they thought the health was, was a hindrance, but they're like, you know, they're not like knocking on wood, so to speak. Mm. You know, they want to make sure that, that you every, every, that know that the guys stay healthy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or no, I understand. Because I mean, let's keep it real, you know. Like, you know, there's no guarantee that these, both of these guys are going to be ready by the start of the season, talking about Ben Simmons and MVP. Um,
0: There's talk that these guys still won't be ready by the, by the beginning of next year? That's what we're talking? Well, I
1: mean, Ben Simmons was saying that, you know, like, you know, somebody asked him, do you think that you're going to – are you going to be ready, you know, by the start? And he said, like, I can't guarantee that, oh. you know? Like, you know, he doesn't know. Like, you know, he's not going to play in summer league. Uh-huh. I mean, I mean, again, that is the plan. But you never know what's going to happen. I mean, there could be some setbacks. Remember, think about it.
0: Mm-hmm. Everyone
1: thought that Embiid was going to play. Everybody thought he was only going to miss one year. He mm-hmm. missed more than one. Uh-huh. You know, everybody thought that Ben Simmons was going to come back in January. And then, you know, then they said, I mean, you remember we talked about it a while ago. They were like, yo, you think he's going to come back? I said, well, we got to see how does in his rehab and his practices. The next thing, you know, we found out his foot wasn't 100% healed. I can't. So, I can't take that, man.
0: <laughs> I can't. I, I can't. Mean, <laughs> that's that's, that's twisted the knife right there. Uh, you know, coveted and I'm not being ready, that's oh, that's that's the ultimate hurt piece right there but but you're absolutely right though. That's I mean that that's the reality of it.
1: Yeah, we don't know. We don't know. We
0: don't know. Once again we have Keith Pompey from the Philadelphia Inquirer rapping with us on the Best in the World Sports Report. We got the draft coming up. Given where what this team has done and where they're drafting. I mean, they still they finished with the fourth uh I guess the fourth worst record in the league. They're going to get a pretty nice pick, but given your opinion, do you feel like this team feels like they're like a draft pick away? Um,
1: you know what, I don't, I don't think, I, I think they feel like whether it's a draft pick, um, uh, free agency, you know, I don't think it's one person away. I think they feel like there's several people away, but, you know, I, I think they, you know, they just want to, you know, upgrade the, the whole thing. Now, here's the thing about, and the Sixers are aware of this, and they know this, and I'll tell you this. It's one of those things where, you know, having a bunch of young guys to you know, draft picks isn't like the ideal you know, ideal thing. And what I mean by that is you need some veterans to go with them. So, I think that if the Sixers and free agency, if they can add, like, a stellar person, you know, a stellar veteran, that may go a long way in getting, like, another young rookie. I mean, just face it. They'll have Joel Embiid, who's only played 31 games, you know, knock on wood. They'll have Ben Simmons, who missed all of last season, and they'll have another rookie. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like that's a young squad, man. That's a young squad, <laughs> you know. You don't you don't know what's
0: going to happen. So, 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 given that, I mean, I, you know, it's, it's way too early to speculate on like what the type of player or who exactly they could go after in free agents. But you know, but given that, like, what what position would you bring in? You, if you want to bring in a veteran, what where what, what direction would you go in?
1: I mean, I would go after – I mean, you can't go after the center of power forward. I mean, you know, if you can get a point – I mean, even as much as they say they want Ben Simmons to be a point guard, I mean, which is great. But if you can go after a veteran point guard, that will work out well because, you know, you know I, I know that you have Jared Bayless on your roster as a point guard, but Jared Bayless is not your – Traditional point guard. He's more of a combo guard. Then you also going to have T.J. McConnell, who, even though he's going to be a third-year guy, you know he's not. You know, you, you know he's not like a seven or eight-year guy. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So when you have a Ben Simmons, who's going to be a facilitator, a flashy one at that. Um. A game altering one that you hope. I think you need a veteran point guard. You know, you need so when this there will be a roster that's going to have four point guards. Like, you look at Jared Bayless as a combo. So, so I, I think that's what they need. That's what they need. I think they need a veteran point guard. All right. Well, look.
0: so so if they they get that veteran point guard, do you still feel like they would go? Would still it would. They would still go after a a guard in the draft, though, right?
1: Yeah, you can you you can like they need shooters. Like for instance, you know, in a perfect world, like like in the perfect world, it is weird. Like, well, it, it's okay. So if you get the number one pick, mm-hmm. or you if you get the number one pick and you can get Markel Fultz, right? Yeah. You know, then that things may change. You know, they may go try to get a veteran somewhere at another position. Mm-hmm. But if you can't get Markel Folks, and let's just say they get, you know, the fifth, the sixth, the seventh spot, you know, Maurice Monk. I mean, uh, Monk mm-hmm. um, uh, is is someone. Malik Monk is someone that you know you may really have to strongly consider. Mm. Just because he can shoot. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then you can go out there and try to get a veteran point guard. But if you get Markell's folks.
0: You don't need you them. Know,
1: I, you know, yeah, I mean, I, that's going to be too many point guards.
0: Mm-hmm. But at
1: the same time, he's someone who can change the game. You know? Come on, look, man. There's
0: this a, a team that needs some game changes, all right, you know? You know I, I I'm, I'm ready for things to change I'm ready for things to be different you know I, I I like the improvement I like what what I see I've seen from this team but I'm ready for that next next step you know that's 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 that's, that's what I'm ready for I'm ready to come back and actually have a a a real conversation about the Philadelphia 76ers and the NBA playoffs all right, I'm tired of the first weekend of the playoffs knowing that the squad I cheer for is home watching them with me. I don't want them home watching it with me. I want them playing in it. You know, it's been too long. It's been way too <laughs> long. I, I need things to be different. You know, I'm I'm ready for that. Because, you know, it, it's hard now. It, it, it gets harder and harder to watch the NBA playoffs knowing my squad isn't in it. You know, it, it, I think it'll be easier this year because I know that for a, a, a short period of time, maybe maybe just a month, they were there. Mm-hmm. And it's like I, I've told people that at this point, I just went, went when people – the first step for me is when people start talking about that, that battle for the last playoff spot, I just want the Sixers to be in that conversation. I want when they, when you go when you watch Sports Center or Comcast Sportsnet or whatever you watch and they they put up those standings and you see the eighth team and you see the little teams underneath chasing that eighth spot. I just want to see Philadelphia on that list.
1: Yeah.
0: And but
1: now that you know I've
0: I've gotten past that. Now you know we were there in January, but now it's like okay, now I want to see them. You know. Serious. I want. I I want to have serious playoff conversations about the Sixers. <laughs> yeah. I I don't know if it's gonna happen this se- next season, you know. But I, it it needs to happen soon. It really does. It needs to happen soon. Hey, Keith. I want to thank you for coming coming on the show, man. It's, it, it it has been it's, it's been great, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah,
1: man. Thanks for having me, and I. Uh, you know, i come
0: on as many times as you need me, bro. Oh, we'll see, I, I will hold you to that, all right? Look, I'm I i I'm a one-man operation. When people say stuff like that, I'll be in your ear. I'll be sending you private messages and texts and everything. I got your phone number now, man. I'll be calling you like we boys yeah. now, man. So, you know, it's, you know, you just go get a call from me. Like, hey, 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 Keith, what, what you doing, man? want to go get <laughs> something to eat or something? You want to hang out?
1: Yeah, do that, man. Uh, do that
0: definitely alright De- right, man thanks a lot brother I appreciate it thanks my man
1: peace
0: you're listening to the best in the world sports report
1: listen to this show in its entirety every Saturday at 8am on the Philly Go Flow at phillygoflow.com